Hi, I'm Joan Burge with today's leadership quote. Leadership is for any individual. Leadership is not about a title or a position. It is a set of characteristics. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become irreplaceable, game-changing leader assistants. Thank you for listening to the Leader Assistant Podcast. You're listening to episode 35. Hey friends, welcome to the show. Hope you're having a great day. I wanted to invite you to our new Leader Assistant Slack online community. You can check it out at slack.leaderassistant.com. Slack is an instant messaging group forum tool that we are using to organize by city, uh, organize by topics, and really just help support, encourage, and challenge each other to become better leader assistants. I also want to share some exciting information about a project I'm working on at my company, Capacity, in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, We are an AI-powered knowledge-sharing platform, and we have knowledge base plus help desk plus workflows uh, built into our enterprise product. However, I'm very excited to offer an early adopter beta version for executive assistants. So this would be a knowledge base specifically for you, the assistant, to keep track of travel preferences, lunch preferences, uh, rapid rewards points, um, office numbers, um, conference room information, whatever it is that you want to manage uh, at your organization and with your executive, you can set it up to teach this AI-powered knowledge-sharing platform the knowledge that you need to get access to quickly. And the best part is there's an AI-powered natural language processing chatbot on top of the knowledge platform. So you can simply chat with the bot to get the information you need instantly 24-7. So if you're interested in learning about this, please sign up at goburrows.com forward slash capacity. That's goburrows.com forward slash capacity. Sign up. Let me know you're interested in this early adopter program, and I will get you the information as soon as possible. Now let's jump into this week's interview. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows. And I'm very excited today to be talking with Joan Burge. Joan Burge is the founder and president of Office Dynamics, uh, which she started in 1990. Joan, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Happy to do this with you, Jeremy. So let's uh, kind of rewind a little bit and tell us about your very first job. And maybe what skills or what you learned from that job that you still use today? Wow, my very first job. That's going way, way back. (laughs) My first job, I'll never forget it, was as a receptionist assistant at Elkan Aluminum in Cleveland, Ohio, I was quite green, fresh out of high school, although I had taken the secretarial, a few of the secretarial classes in high school, mostly shorthand um, and typing. (laughs) So there are many things that I was fortunate to learn from a woman who worked for the the president of that division that we were in, in Ohio. 
Um, so I learned a lot of protocol and etiquette, which is really interesting because that's gone by the wayside today. So learning how to properly uh, answer the phone and talk to people, greet people, to be a good communicator with people to provide information. Um, I learned a lot of the basic administrative skills, how to organize, you know, my workspace, organize my work, um, how to work with different personalities, how to get along with people. I learned about giving your best from the very beginning. Expectations were set high, but I was always that type of individual anyways, even growing up as a child. My mother always taught me, whatever you do, you do it 100%, you do it at your best, no matter what you're doing. But that was the first real job, you know, where I could really apply and think about how do I implement that every single day. So did you think when you were, maybe even before that, did you envision that you would do this assistant uh, secretarial work? Yes. When I got out of high school, I knew I wanted to do secretarial work. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of interesting if I could tell you something really quick, though. It, it wasn't until 10th grade when I acknowledged that, really, since I had been a child, a little girl, going to school as a teacher. And that was really my dream. And I would even come home from school and play school. That's how badly I wanted to be a teacher. And then when I got into high school, and I guess really realized that, wow, that requires a lot of college and continuing education. And then that point in high school where we had to make a choice, either we had two choices, home ec or the secretarial office course. And there was no way I was the home ec person. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I think I like the office, you know, kind better, learning the shorthand, the typing, how to run the mimeograph machine. And I fell in love with it. And so then it was during that two-year period time that I realized, yes, I want to be a secretary. Hmm. So then how did you kind of progress into more the executive assistant um, role and kind of the senior level role over your career? Yeah, um, I progressed actually rather quickly. I, I didn't stay at Alcan Aluminum for very long. Um, and uh, I was fortunate. Um, I, I hopped or got into some positions uh, at the higher levels. Um, I worked for the director of human resources at the Higby company, which was a, a huge uh, company and organization. And so I, I did move up the ladder rather quickly. And I think some of that was due to the way I presented myself, always very polished, always very professional, um, took my career seriously, um, talked about the possibilities, you know, what I could offer, um, fine-tune my skills, you know, all the time I was working on my skills. And I also spent a lot of time observing the assistants around me who were seasoned assistants and really what did they do? How did they act? How did they carry themselves? So I was like this little sponge, you know, always absorbing. I also had another awesome position um, with Fabric Centers and they own Joanne Fabric Stores, which there were about 350 stores across the country. 
And I had an amazing opportunity there because I worked directly with the assistant to the CEO. She really took me under her wing and truly taught me how to be an executive assistant. And so during my time there, I learned a lot just through that hand experience, being given opportunities. Um, I did support an executive. Uh, with like 16 district supervisors that I had to really manage a lot of that. So I I feel I was just blessed early on in my career to be around some phenomenal assistants who took me under their wing and I was the eager student. I was a sponge. And so I gravitated toward that. And also I had a strong desire to work for a top level executive. I was hungry. I was eager so when the opportunities presented themselves, um, I, I leaped to those opportunities. Um, and like I said, I was fortunate and blessed to work for some top executives early in my early 20s. That's awesome. So when you, you talked about you had these other assistants kind of take you under their wing, how would you encourage uh, assistants listening to reach out and network with other assistants that that are maybe farther along than they are in their career? First of all, don't be intimidated by them. Don't be intimidated by their title, by their position. You know, they all started out somewhere. They didn't start out at the top. And I think as that, that, uh, that other, you know, that assistant looking up to others, it can be very intimidating. Like, oh, I don't dare talk to her. She, she reports to the CEO. Um, so first of all, don't don't feel intimidated. That's a natural feeling. But again, just tell yourself they all started out like you and they had to gain that confidence and grow. They're human beings. Um, I also find that often when you reach out to that more seasoned person, most of them, the majority love to get give back. They love to mentor. You may meet a few who that say, no way, I don't have time for you. I've got enough to do. Learn it on your own. That would be such a small percentage. So you've got to leap out, take the chance, say, I admire you. I admire where you have um, moved in this in this career. And, and I admire what you do and how you do it. Do you have time to have lunch with me? Do you have time? Could you maybe have a cup of coffee with me for 10 minutes? I would love to to pick your brain. And um, and that's what I do, actually, with all types of mentors I've had in my career, letting them know how much I admire what they do, that uh, it's, a, it's a dream of mine to be the best that I can be. Um, so don't be afraid to have the conversation. Don't be afraid to reach out to that individual ask them for that cup of coffee, or if you see them, something they're doing really well, you, you maybe can say, I'm really, I struggle in that area. How is it that you manage your multiple priorities? You know, I'm, I'm not as experienced at you and I would love to be as good as you are. So do you mind taking 10 minutes and sharing with me how you do that? And again, hopefully they're the type of individual who like many, when you have done this 20 and 30 more years, that you know it's time to give back to the others and you get great joy out of mentoring and teaching. How, other than maybe learning from other assistants like we've been talking about, 
how can an assistant grow their skills and um, existing skills and develop new skills? Mm-hmm. Uh, so first, I always start with mindset, and then we could talk about the tools. You have to have that mindset. Like I said, I was always a sponge, and I'm still a sponge to this day. Um, so first of all, just have that open mind, and if you want to to grow, so. What I always encourage is to do a self-assessment, first of all. Where are you today? And have a list of what are your strengths? What are you really good at? Maybe you're really good at organizing events or meeting planning. Maybe you're really good at travel scheduling. Maybe you're really good at just you're a good listener. You know, Make a list of your strengths. Then make a list of the areas you know you want to grow in. For example, what I sometimes coach assistants on, They want to be more assertive. They want to be able to demonstrate uh, leadership. They want to know how to have courageous conversations with their executives. So make a list of where you don't feel strong. Um, And then what you want to do is is really a, a couple things to me is, first of all, know yourself as a student. How do you like to learn? Do you like to read? Do you like live? Do you like webinars? Doing things at your own pace? I think knowing how we best learn and how we like to learn really helps because we're going to be more engaged in the learning process. So for me, I love live. I I want to be there and, and be live with you. Yes, I love to read. That's another vehicle I use. I'm not as crazy about online learning. Um, I like, like I said, the interaction. I'm not saying I won't do it, but I know my preferences. So when you know your preferences and you know what skills you have to develop, then you could start to research. Okay, here's the skill I have to work on, assertive communication. Who's out there and how, how are they offering those learnings? Um, I'm also a strong believer, though, in taking in information from all vehicles, um, and, I, and I know from being in the learning industry for 30 years now, adult learning, we have to hear and see things over and over and over. That's how we make you know those changes. I mean, think about how you learn when you were a kid in school, right? Repetition, we had to do it over and over and over till it sinks into our head. I mean, think about driving, How many of us were scared to death when we got behind a wheel and then we did it over and over and over till now you don't even think about it. So it's really the same thing, you know, with our learning. And then what I what I always tell assistants is you you keep these lists forever going. If you're truly a star assistant, your list will never stop even after 30 years. So I will continue to build my strength column list, and I will still refine my strengths. And I also have an ongoing list of the new skills that I want to develop, maybe presentation skills, maybe leadership skills, maybe um, persuasion skills is a big one for assistants. Many assistants do not see themselves as salespeople, and they give up at the first no. To me, that's one skill every single assistant needs to work on, resiliency. I mean, there are so many out there today, but I think it's very, very exciting um, because learning keeps us fresh 
and excited and enthusiastic. And I see those assistants who are what I call coasting. They feel they know it all. They don't need to learn anything more. They're really stagnant and it shows. So I, I hope that helps. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's very helpful. So on, kind of shifting a little bit, what would you tell assistants who are really excited about learning and really passionate about learning their, you know, the way they learn and, and exploring different education um, mediums, but they also feel undervalued or, you know, aren't respected um, and really just aren't being recognized in their role uh, in their current company or with their executive. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. Yeah, that's a really good question. And um, it's, there are many assistants who feel that way, which is, is, you know, kind of sad, right? Because we know they bring tremendous value. And I, when I thought about this question, I, my first question actually was, what do you do to make, help people see your value? So in other words, I know you do 101 things. I know you bring great value. I was an assistant and I also see the value assistants bring every single day, but not every executive is observant. Not every executive pays attention. I mean, there are so many managers who just think, well, anybody could do your job. I mean, I've heard that many times, really. It doesn't take talent, you know, and I hate it when I hear that. So a a couple things. One, I would just say, first of all, um, are you doing anything to maybe help educate them about what you do? You're not just, as I always say, you're not just a task doer an order taker. You are a cognitive being. You have to engage your senses. You have to use your brain. And so I I think the more we can educate managers about this role and what really is involved, and it doesn't mean that you're going around tooting your horn and having a big ego about it. it, but it is educating people, you know, about what you do do and that value you bring and many like i said many um managers just aren't even cognizant of what you do they're in their own little world they're very very busy people they're very absorbed you know in their challenges and and what they've got to do in their next meeting and their next international trip you know so i And that's where if you have ongoing communications with your manager, if you're having those daily huddles, that's where it gives you the opportunity to talk about what you are doing and or what you've accomplished or saying things like, do you know, I was able to save us, you know, $700 because I researched three different vendors for this particular thing. Do you see that's value? Not just, oh, I found I found this um, product for us and I put the order in. No, as an executive, I want to know 
right? So that's the other piece I want to say for assistance is don't talk about what you do per se. Talk about the results of what you do, those flawless meetings, you know, flawless execution. Um, that That's the kind of verbiage you have to use. That's executive speak, as I call it. So um, doing that, I think having the, the honest conversations, feeling comfortable having those conversations. Um, and I, I do know many executives just don't realize that even just a thank you, that was a great job would mean so much to an assistant, right? Mm. Yeah, that's very helpful. So what do you look for in an assistant? Um, this is going to be an interesting answer, I think, for people. I look for creativity. <laughs> it's very important to me. I want a, a creative thinker, someone who looks at things a little differently than everybody. Um, so, of course, skill set is important to me. What's important to me, again, yes, is how you present yourself is high, quite important. You're my representative, you're a liaison. So making sure that this person is representing, you know, what I would like represented, someone who takes the initiative, who's proactive, a problem solver, a good communicator, someone who's approachable and friendly. So do you see, I'm really highlighting a lot of the soft skills. Mm-hmm. Because technical skills, anyone can learn technical, anyone. Send you to a class, if you know how to learn, you're gonna learn them. It's hard, the soft skills are hard. That's what I've been teaching for 30 years. Those are not easy to teach, the good attitude. You know, those are fuzzy skills. Like how do you teach someone to be persuasive, right? That's not easy. So, but yeah, the, the creativity, because to me that's important. How do you stand out? How are you going to bring new ideas to me? How are you going to look at things differently than I look at them? Hmm. So that we, we change it up. We do a better job. Um, so those are some of the, the things that I look for. I also, something that I, I did, um, Jeremy, uh, what was it, 13 years ago, I totally changed the way I looked for and interviewed assistants. So I've had many assistants over the years. Obviously, I'm sure you know that my expectations are very high. This is what I teach. So my bar is super high for an assistant. But anyway, people could, what I've learned over the years is people could really look good on paper. And this would go for any individual, any employee. They can talk when they come in, they could have 20 years of experience and not be awesome. I've had that happen. So 13 years ago, I changed my entire approach to interviewing. I was looking for an assistant and instead of doing just a local search, I opened it up across the nation. I thought, open my mind up. You know, why not? Maybe there's someone out there in another city who would love to come work for me. Granted, I wasn't going to pay for their move. I couldn't do that kind of thing. But maybe there is that person, right? And uh, there was this assistant, actually, who I had admired. She was in one of my classes. She came to Vegas for a class. And I watched her for three days. And she stood out. She was creative. She was all the things I'm talking about. 
And um, so I, I kind of threw it out when she left. I just threw it out there really lightly. If you ever want to move to Las Vegas, I need a star assistant, right? This was on a Friday. And on Monday, she calls me and says, I'm interested. My husband and I are interested. Hmm. And I was like floored. But what I did aside from um, skill testing, it was more of an essay. She had a complete like, I don't know, 15 different questions, such as office dynamics. You know, we teach administrative professionals. We project and encourage excellence. How will you align yourself with our values? Those types of questions, not how are you gonna manage my mail, you know, my email. We could figure that out. That's not what I wanna know. I wanna know if you're aligned. And the other piece too, I, I would just say today, a big one again, because I'm really entrenched with some other CEOs and the issues of employee turnover, culture fit is a big thing today. So again, it, it's not only the, the skills that you can bring, you've gotta have the skills and wanting to learn, but it's culture fits weighing heavy now in a lot of organizations, and that's becoming a part of the interview process. That's great. So you kind of thought outside the box, and uh, I did. Yes, yes. Found yourself a and, winner. Oh, to finish the story. She stayed with me for ten years. She grew in my company, grew year after year after year, um, and it it was amazing. We were truly strategic partners. She could run my company, which was awesome because in 2014, I had an emergency medical situation. I had a massive tumor, a skull-based tumor. And I was out of commission in one, one day. And I couldn't even talk to her for three or four weeks. I did not come back to work for four months and she kept my business afloat. Hmm. That's the level of skill this person had. And and today Malia, um, Malia who's with me, her her role is in a you know somewhat of a different capacity, but I also know that when I'm traveling, which I do a lot, and I'm gone for a week or I'm out for a while, um, Malia plus the rest of my team, they they keep everything humming. So that's what we look for, you know, and and especially when you're a small business, right? I don't have hundreds of people to go to. So, um, but if you even look at the executive assistant one-on-one, -on -one, an executive wants that assistant who keeps the business moving forward, keeps information moving forward. Don't let things get clogged up. Um, you know, you're, you're my right-hand partner and, uh, so I know I could talk to you, of course, for hours about this, Jeremy, because I'm mm -hmm. super passionate about administrative professionals and the relationship between executives and assistants. I think it's the best in the world. Um, but you work, it's a team working relationship. So tell us a little bit about how you transitioned from being an executive assistant um, in the corporate setting, and then starting Office Dynamics. Why did you start it? Um, how did you kind of fall into that? And uh, what are some of the challenges you faced uh, running your own business? Um, so when I was 30, 37, 38 years old, I was working as an assistant. We were living in Asheville, North Carolina. And I'll 
and I'll never forget it. I mean, one day I woke up and I just thought to myself, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be an assistant anymore. I don't remember why that thought came about. But background, not because I, I didn't love it, but when in my 20-year career, I worked in 12 different companies in five states. So I had seen a lot in my 20 years, and I had some not so good places, and I had amazing experiences. And I just, I guess I just felt like, where do I go from here? I've seen so much, I've done so much, I'm not feeling that challenge anymore. Um, and so I said to myself, by the time I'm 40, I don't wanna be doing this, but I didn't know what I wanted to do or what I could do. I did not have a college degree. All I knew was being a secretary. And so um, at that time in Asheville, there was, uh, I worked for a big company, we had 900 employees and we had our employee counselor there, her name was Vo. And her and I became friends. I worked for the head uh, general manager there. And we just hit it off. And I was talking to her about, you know, how I was feeling and not knowing where to go. And she's the one who said, well, Joan, you know, why don't you teach assistants how to be great assistants? You've done it for a long time. You have a lot of experience. Um, and I just, that kind of set the little seed for me. And so I really started to think about that. And then um, to kind of keep this brief, because there's a lot to the story, but basically what ended up happening is um, I started doing some one hour little sessions for the assistance at Steelcase. I thought, okay, I've got to start learning how to do this. I need to have credibility. I need to do start learning basically. And we only had like six assistants for 900 people, but a lot of that was manufacturing there. Mm -hmm. So I put together little one hour programs. Um, my executive was very happy because I didn't ask for any extra money. I did it on my own time. And then actually what happened, my friend Vo and I, we started Office Dynamics together because she wanted to get out, out of what she was doing and we were going to co-run the business and co-teach. So for about six months, her and I met every Saturday. We were learning how to run a business. Um, I started trying to learn more about training and then my husband got promoted, got a nice promotion. So we moved to Memphis, Tennessee and Vo and I ended um, that relationship because she was staying there and we moved to Memphis. Uh, my husband started a new job. We bought a beautiful new home. So I went back to looking for a secretarial job, which was frustrating as all get out. Because when you move to a new city, you don't walk into those top jobs. You just don't do that. So I wasn't happy anywhere I went. I wasn't really happy being an assistant anymore. I was really on the edge. So then I thought, you know what? I could do this without Vo. I've been an assistant. I know what to do. I just have to learn how to be a trainer, how to be a speaker, uh, all of it, the whole gamut. So a couple things I started doing again, internal training where I was working. I offered to put in my own time. I didn't want any more money. I wanted to just help the assistants there. So I used to put together these little mini programs and and teach where I was. I tried to do a few little uh, teaching sessions outside of work um, using vacation days. Then I, I met a consultant who took me under his wing. 
Um, I joined the American Society for Training and Development so I could learn about teaching. I joined the National Speakers Association so I could learn about speaking. I mean, again, I was a sponge. So this went on for like two years. Um, I was driving my husband crazy because I didn't want to be an assistant, but I was so scared to cross the line because this was a new niche. No one had really focused on administrative assistant training, brand new territory. And then my husband got a promotion and we moved to Virginia Beach. That was in 1990. And my husband said to me, look, you either give it up, give up office dynamics, um, and just, you know, shut your mouth because <laughs> he was tired of hearing me, or you go for it 100%. Hmm. And I knew I couldn't, I couldn't just stop. So I stopped 100%. We moved to Virginia Beach. I had no money. We had no money put aside for me to do this, none. You never start a business without six months money put away. I moved to a strange city. I didn't know a soul. Another no-no, you don't do that. Um, we had two little children. We rented a house because we couldn't buy a house. I didn't even earn any money for the first eight months and my, uh, my first check was $250. I mean, we scrimped and we did everything and I wanted to do this and again, I found mentors, I just, you know, kept learning and growing and um, and started getting some some ground in Virginia Beach. And two years later, my husband got another promotion. And guess what? We moved to Michigan and I lost a lot of clients I had built. And so then I was kind of starting over again. But then it was around the mid 90s where I finally had gotten a few big corporate clients. I got uh, Caterpillar was huge. I did a lot of training there for a couple of years. I had developed a course which is still in existence today called the Star Achievement Series. I landed, I, I got work with US Airways, huge. They used my STAR program to teach a thousand assistants in five cities. So from there it was you know, growing, growing, growing. Um, but you know, now that I've been in this 29 years, I could tell you, I've almost closed my doors four times. It's not easy at all. Tough, tough industry takes a lot of stamina. Um, economy affected me. September 11th drastically affected me because most of my work, I, we go into organizations and do training mm -hmm. and, so when September 11th hit, um, it hit some of my clients who were in the avionics industry, not to mention I was petrified to get on an airplane, petrified after what had happened last thing, even if I got the business, I didn't want to get on an airplane. Um, so I went through that. I had setbacks when I had my brain surgery. A year later, I had open heart surgery. I, you know, I've, I've been through it for sure. Hmm. Um, but I'm determined and I love what I do. I love it, love it, love it. I love helping assistants. And I wouldn't want to do anything else in the world. Um, and, you know, we've grown and grown and now we work with phenomenal clients. Last year, I worked with Walt Disney World, fabulous. 
uh, 18 days of training over six months. I mean, I, you know, it's all awesome. um, I'm able to to reach and touch and, you know, it's it's great. And I'm very grateful. Hmm. So what I want to know is when did you call your husband and say, hey, we got to move for my job now? <laughs> well, the, I, the one time I will tell you, well, we've never, you know, to answer that, that's an awesome question. We've actually never had to move because of my job, because I work all over the country, right? Mm-hmm. However, my husband, um, when we moved to Michigan for an awesome position he had, after eight years, that ended. And at that time, we were able to think about where do we want to go? What do we want to do? And I said, I want to go to Las Vegas. And this time, you're coming with me. (laughs) It wasn't a hard sell because he actually liked a lot of things about Las Vegas. But it was, yeah, yeah, this was my move. (laughs) Um, And and to tell you, um, I don't think you're aware of this, Jeremy, but my husband passed away years ago Hmm. um, from pancreatic cancer. And I had people say to me, well, aren't you going to move back to Ohio? That's where I was born. That's where my family is. Or aren't you going to go to Michigan? That's where my daughter lives. And I'm like, why? I mean, this is my home. This is where I live. And no, this is this is where I want to be. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You're right. Um, That was definitely a move I wanted. Uh, Fortunately, he he did like um, Vegas and such. That's great. So what let's kind of uh, wrap things up with a couple Mm -hmm. of questions. Uh, One, I want to ask you, what's the craziest thing that you've either been asked to do as an assistant or you yourself has have asked an assistant to do wow um golly what i was asked i i don't i have to think back really far i know there were some crazy things i was asked to do um i'm not sure if i could remember all of them um but I I guess what comes to mind with my assistants, I I think I have a pretty good boss. I don't ask too many crazy things, but I think something that was kind of crazy fun is when um, that one assistant was with me for 10 years. Her name was Jasmine, and we were exhibiting at this big uh, human resource convention. And it was the first time we were doing a huge exhibit. And um, so there was a lot involved in, in going, and we had, it was in Atlanta, I think, or something. And about a couple of days before, I caught drift of this great fundraiser in Las Vegas, and it was going to be Brad Pitt was coming, and George Clooney, and who was the other one? Ocean, an Ocean's Eleven guy. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm telling Jasmine, we have to go. I love Brad Pitt, I love George Clooney. <laughs> I told her, we have to do this. Well, <laughs> It was occurring on the day we were to get home. So it's all this last minute crazy stuff. And we're trying to figure out that we're exhibiting. Somebody's got to box stuff up, pack things up. We've got this huge display. We just can't take off. But we're like, yeah, but we are going to take off. So who are we going to get to help us? 
<laughs> so I think we had two other staff members there. And this is all last minute. I, I bought the tickets for the fundraiser and um, we had our flight. We moved it up a little bit. And I'm telling the other team, all right, this is what you've got to do. And you got to get this stuff shipped back and you got to do this and that. I mean, and we had a big exhibit. It wasn't a little table. And so Jasmine and I had this plan where we had our clothes figured out because this was like a red carpet event. And um, we get off the airplane and we're racing and we have a town car to pick us up. But her and I ran into the ladies' restroom at McCarran Airport. We're changing our clothes. We're moving really fast. We hop in the town car. He's racing through rush hour traffic. We're trying to put on our makeup. <laughs> we're just having this crazy, crazy time. And we, we pulled up just in time, you know, to get out and make the opening and everything. So we had a ton of fun. It was crazy, but it was fun. So, so did you get to meet Brad Pitt? He, we got to, he was right there standing right near us. So we didn't get to personally like say hi, but it was in a, a movie theater, a little movie theater there where they walked in and Jasmine and I were sitting on the two end seats and they walked right past us right by us and jasmine yells out whoa brad you know (laughs) i mean they're right in front of us and yeah it was pretty cool we had a good time and then we went to some i love to dance jasmine loves to dance so we went up to the club and we were dancing all night and having a ball and it yeah it was fun it was great fun and none of it could have happened if you didn't have a great assistant right Right. Yeah. An assistant who wanted to play with me, you know, I mean, like not everybody wants to go out and, and like let their hair down, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so that, that also was, was very cool, you know? (laughs) Hmm. Well, Joan, what, what makes an assistant a leader? Hmm. Uh, being a visionary, you know, being able to see things other don't, you know, other people don't see. Being able to see the future, like envisioning things that people can't envision. So, like again, me starting up training inside my company. Um, I started years and years ago when Jazzercise was it wasn't in, and we didn't have corporate gyms. Um, I started a little jazzercise session that I held during lunch three times a week. We found an empty office building. I started a star achievers group uh, years ago, getting together top level assistants. So it's having that vision for things that don't exist and then creating them, not waiting, you know, for others. Um, Or maybe it's just a change that you need to see that needs to take place. Maybe there's a process. Maybe you know better, a better way of doing something. And again, instead of waiting for someone else, you take the initiative. You're the catalyst. You you show people. You show them the way. Um, Another area is walking your talk. You know, just don't talk about things, which I find a lot of people are great at. Um, a leader also is someone who makes time for other people who helps support others in their mission and helping them accomplish their goals and helping them be successful. 
So a teacher, you know, so those are some of the characteristics or some of the ways we demonstrate leadership as an assistant. Yeah, that's great. Awesome, Joan. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and uh, sharing your wisdom and your story uh, with my listeners. Uh, where can we find you online and, and how can we support what you're doing? Uh, people could find us at officedynamics.com. And um, we also have a site, officedynamicsconference.com. And then Office Dynamics, Joan Burge Facebook, we've got. Um, LinkedIn, we're on, I'm on the Insta- Instagram, we've got all of that. So um, they could, again, look for Office Dynamics, or I have an Office Dynamics and Joan Burge Facebook page. And I guess how you could support what we're doing is just help educate your managers, educate your organization on the importance of education and continued education for your role, for assistance, help them to see the value, help to help them to see it's an investment, it's not a cost. And and also the other important message is, and this is why I started Office Dynamics, is that assistants are supporting these key executives, just like I did. And so executives are growing, they're learning, they have all types of educational opportunities, yet assistants are not keeping pace with the very people they support. And that's why I started Office Dynamics. I saw a huge gap. How, you know, I'm supporting you, I'm running your life, and yet I'm not getting education for my career. The administrative role, it's worthy of investment and and providing ongoing education. Awesome. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate it. I'll share the links to your site and LinkedIn and all that in the show notes so people can find it. And yeah, we uh, really appreciate uh, getting to chat with you and we'll talk soon. Thank you very, very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks again to Joan for joining us on the show. You can check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com forward slash 35. And again, join our Slack community at slack.leaderassistant.com. See you next time. Please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com